Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality, uh, the only YouTube show that I know of that discusses the law, business, and video games in easy-to-follow screencast form. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, the managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan, and today we're going to talk a little bit about the Epic Game Store, which we talked a lot about last week when we thought that maybe it was going to be a few weeks or, or maybe even months out from launch. Uh, but we did, what we didn't know at the time of our discussion last week was that Epic was already in the midst of planning what amounts to a secret stealth launch uh, out, to, out of the Game Awards on Thursday night. Uh, and so what we're looking at right here is the front page of the Epic Game Store, which says prominently the Epic Game Store is now live. The Epic Game Store is now open, featuring awesome high-quality games from other developers. Our goal is to bring you great games and to give game developers a better deal. They receive 88% of the money you spend versus only 70% elsewhere. And that elsewhere, most prominently in this case, is at Valve's Steam application store. And as we talked about last week, the Epic Game Store is nothing if not a direct uh, frontal assault on Steam's hegemony in video game distribution on the PC platform specifically. Uh, and so by launching it the way that they did, uh, they needed to get a lot of contracts together. A lot of people needed to keep a lot of secrets. Uh, those of you who are either in the industry or aware of the industry, or maybe even the movie industry or TV industry are familiar with the term NDAs, uh, which is some jargonish way of saying non-disclosure agreement, which is basically any kind of contract that requires you to be uh, or keep a secret in, in any kind of form. And certainly what we saw happen this last Thursday and now into this week is that a very large number of people were keeping a lot of secrets. And some of those secrets have gotten people rubbed a little bit the wrong way. Um, but as we look further, uh, we see that the, the Epic Game Store is launching with uh, Hades by Supergiant, who made uh, Bastion and Transistor, Ashen by Annapurna, who made uh, or published Donut County, the Hello Neighbor sequel or quasi-sequel, uh, and a number of other games. They're also offering free games that they're going to be offering on a uh, bi-weekly basis, including starting with Subnautica on uh, December 14th, which is just a couple days away. This Epic Game Store is by far the most disruptive event I've seen in the PC software games industry in quite some time. And Epic is clearly using all of their Fortnite money, all of their resources to go after Valve and Steam in a way that's it's terribly exciting for someone that watches the industry and, and likes to look at disruption events and see what happens, see how the chips fall. Uh, but does have its own kind of collateral damage, which we're about to see in uh, a Kotaku story uh, that was released uh, just earlier today. Uh, Epic's game store is already locking down exclusives. Now, as we talked about last week, there's a number of things that Epic can do to try to attract people. Obviously, from the developer side of things, 88% is better than 70%. And all other, all other things being equal, if they were making a million dollars, it's better to keep 88% of that million dollars than that 70%. The question was always whether or not Epic can get enough eyeballs on their store to get them to at least a relatively similar uh, full gross revenue number that they would have received had they released their game on Steam. And we can now start to see some of Epic's contractual strategy here as it unfolds in real time. And so what we see now is like the, the VR bifurcation of the market that happened a couple years back, Epic has decided that one of their best strategies is to use that pile of Fortnite money to pay developers uh, an extra cut or, or a, an upfront payment 
to make sure that their release is locked down to the Epic Store and isn't even available on Steam, with the premise being that if there's a big enough release, if there's a game that enough people care about and they have to turn on this other, uh, this other browser uh, content, this other game store, then if we do that enough times, if we get that to be a regular habit of people, then once those eyeballs are there, the developers will naturally come for their 88%, and then we're getting 12% of a lot of volume of transactions and not 12% of nothing. Um, but as we can see here, it, they're locking down exclusives. So far, six developers have said their games will be exclusive to the Epic Store for a while, in some cases up to a year, uh, which we see a lot in the console space. We see PlayStation exclusives lasting for a year. Uh, we see Xbox exclusives lasting for a year. Very often in the console space, that's limited to downloadable content, DLC. Um, so you see things that are attached to games that are maybe small missions like in Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, or uh, maybe some uh, guns in Destiny, uh, although those have been migrating over slowly and sometimes not at all. So that's perhaps a bad example. But what we're seeing the Epic Game Store bring to the PC space is a console-type war, the likes of which we haven't seen in a very long time, really, if ever. Um, and so we see that Hades and Ashen and Super Meat Boy Forever uh, are going to be limited to the Epic Game Store for a substantial period of time. And now what Kotaku did a good job of in this article is they start to talk about the, the actual developers' thoughts on why they might make this choice, other than just the 88% versus 70%, because again, on day one, you're looking at 88% of three people and uh, their spouses looking at the game store uh, browser window, so you have to hope that Epic's going to do a good enough job marketing the thing that the people will come, uh, and, and that... While your name might be big enough to get the Epic Store some eyeballs, that the Epic Store, with the other names that they're going to present in it, have enough eyeballs in general to make sure that you're not losing money on this game that you've devoted years of your life to. So we see the first quote uh, from the folks behind Meat Boy. The Epic Store is desperately needed to get Steam to give a shit, said Team Meat's Tommy Refrain in the game's Discord channel. Like many other developers of Epic Store exclusive games, he noted that some fans are upset that they'll have to use multiple apps to play their game libraries. It may mean more launchers, sure, but that's a small price to pay for a developer community that doesn't feel like they have one choice on PC. So here you might classify this particular thought process as the, the, the antitrust guy, the trust buster, the monopoly breaker that says, all right, Maybe Steam has kind of justified its 30% in the years prior to this, but they've gotten sloppy, they've gotten lazy, or I'm just worried in the future that they're going to try to ask for 40% or something else, and it's just not in anyone's best interest to have a single provider access point of, uh, of software. Um, we see this reflected upon uh, in the actual article that Kotaku took some of these quotes from. Uh, Super Meat Boy Forever release window set will be an Epic Store exclusive for a year, as we talked about. Uh, and he, he goes on to, to talk about uh, the fact that Steam needs to be broken up. Um, and I do recommend uh, taking a look at this article. PC Gamer has also done a number of interesting articles in general on the Epic Store uh, being released uh, as it was during the Game Awards and, and what that really means to the industry. Um, so we can see here uh, some Epic Store games are pushing back or scrapping Steam releases. Uh, this was uh, from a couple days ago on PC Gamer, but talks about uh, what Kotaku is getting interested in tonight, what you see on Reset Era or NeoGAF or wherever else you go online, that 
this massive disruptive event is in fact disruptive. And one of the things that happens when you have this kind of disruption is you have a competitor enter the market, might be better for everyone in the long run. In the short run, people get upset. People don't know exactly what's happening. You have things like Satisfactory, one of the upcoming games you'll be able to buy on Epic's new store, will no longer be available on Steam. While two others, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw and Genesis Alpha 1, will be timed exclusives for the Epic Store, the developers have announced. Uh, and so, as we talked about with the Kotaku article, you see a bunch of these different games deciding to uh, move over to the Epic Game Store because they want to get that 88%, but more importantly, because they want to incentivize the, the, the people to go over to that store. They want that store to be a success because if that store is a success, even if they ultimately wind up going back to Steam, they have more leverage. If there's another marketplace that they could go that's offering better terms, if there's another place that their game can get seen, if there are other people that are treating them perhaps with more kid gloves, with a more VIP treatment, then maybe Steam can be encouraged to do the same. At least for some of these significant, successful independent developers, they're looking to get their games out there and they've become dissatisfied, uh, disenchanted with the ability to have their games be seen on the Steam marketplace. And so you're seeing Epic Store game, uh, the, the Epic Game Store identify this weakness in the market, say from the Epic side of things that they have a sack of money to spend on this project and to go for it. Uh, and this kind of aggression uh, is often met with, uh, at bare minimum, uptake, um, but often long-term success. So it'll be very interesting to follow. Uh, we see uh, developer Double Damage's announcement was the most revealing. It confirmed yesterday that its space combat sim Rebel Galaxy Outlaw will release exclusively on the Epic Store and will be available elsewhere after 12 months. The decision was in part fueled by a desire to reduce the cut that stores such as Steam take from game sales, it said. And then they, then they describe the 70-30 cut split uh, that we've talked about at length uh, at the front end of this video and also last week. Double Damage said it hoped the 88-12 split would be the new standard and that offering exclusive content to Epic would help create the momentum to make that happen across all stores. So similar to the Team Meat Boy kind of concept, they're looking to break up what they view as a monopoly or at very least uh, a kind of weak point in their uh, production revenue pipeline. Uh, but unlike maybe some of the more um, aggressive stances that the Team Meat Boy developer took, this one is more along the lines of, hey, we don't mind working with Steam. We like Valve. We don't mind the, the companies that exist. What we do mind is the 70-30 split, and we view this as a good way to, let's say, encourage people to go along with this 88-12 split. And that, I think you're going to see more and more as more developers start to be interviewed about this, as they start to sign these contracts with Epic. Chances are, uh, if we were to look at the Epic contracts that are being offered to get these exclusives, they may not be as rich as we might assume uh, because of these kind of... Uh, uh, what would we call them, uh, e ephemeral characteristics, that Epic can sell these developers not just on the dollars in their pocket today, but on the fact that they're building something that will get them dollars in their pocket for the next 20 years if the Epic Game Store can succeed. And I think you're seeing a lot of uptake, especially from what I would classify as that kind of single A, pretty darn successful independent developer track of folks who are getting lost in the shuffle a little bit on Steam, but are still making decent money 
but can make a lot more if they've got discoverability, if they've got a tech support team that is that is carrying on with them. And and certainly 18% of the difference is a big deal. Um, so we can we see the next quote, Epic is using their leverage to push that, the, the cut, even farther to 88.12. That's another whole strata of developers who can survive. The only way this gets any traction is with some exclusive content and we're willing to be one of the canaries in the mineshaft. So whether or not this example is legitimate or not, the, the way to describe this kind of concept is we believe this is helpful for the entire industry. And so we will go and be the martyrs if this thing fails because we think it is so worth it to go after this 8812. Because on the margins, there are going to be some developers that survive at 88 that wouldn't have survived at 70. And if those developers can survive, we're all better off for it. And so that's a good PR spin, whether or not that's fully accurate to what they want to do or whether that's just good uh, marketing for their own base because they can go out and look like good guys that want to help the industry. That's, that's an open question. But certainly it's a good example of another of the many types of philosophical arguments for the Epic Game Store that you can see these developers coming out with. They want to bust Steam. They want to change Steam for the better. They want to help the industry survive. All of these things are going to become more prominent as we go along now that Epic Game Store exists as what looks like a potentially legitimate successor or at least competitor to the Valve Steam marketplace. And those are also going to be fascinating to watch. So uh, my recommendation is to check out these articles that are being done by PC Gamer, by Kotaku, by The Verge, uh, and by other sources. Ars Technica, I think, had one. Uh, And take a look at the way the developers are speaking. This week, next month, the month after that, and you'll start to get a notion, even if we don't have full transparency on the data that Epic Game Store is putting out there, about how the developers feel about how things are going, whether or not their concerns are be tra- being treated legitimately, how their relationship with Epic is going, and if there is this kind of critical mass upswell of support, exactly how Steam reacts is going to be a fascinating part of this story as well. Um, going back to uh, the Kotaku article, and to talk a little bit more about what the developers themselves say, um, we see that uh, uh, for Hades, which is developed by uh, Supergiant, uh, and Greg Cassavan, who was once a, a PC journalist from a, a little ways back, um, he, he says that it'll be exclusive for at least a year and a half. We don't get more uh, content from them that I can see of, uh, of what their thought process is between one, uh, uh, based on why they did this. But... Um, uh, Coffee Stain, who makes Game uh, Goat Simulator, went so far as to take down Satisfactory Steam page, and their community manager said, I know a lot of people are going to have strong opinions on that. Cool, have those opinions. Not, nece- not necessarily what I recommend as a, uh, uh, as a communicative approach from your community manager, uh, but certainly you see a kind of uh, defensive quality with some of these things, with the Team Meat Boy uh, comments, uh, with this community manager's comments that suggests that while they understand it's going to be frustrating, it's going to be disruptive, they view this as important for the success of their company, they view this, in some respects, important for the success of the industry, Uh, and so you see developers and Epic itself trying to get out in front a little bit of some of the negative publicity that might wind up happening this week in particular, this month in particular, as games are pulled off of Steam and into a different ecosystem, and where Customers once had one portal that they've basically had uh, only to rely on for the last 10, uh, 15 years. 
that that's being expanded now to potentially looking a lot more like a console war or a retail uh, space where you've got competing uh, competing sources of information, competing sales prices, and different places to launch apps. Um, uh, the Rebel Galaxy Outlaw folks say achieving Epic's goals on the royalty front means more developers succeeding and surviving and making more good stuff. That's the argument for uh, enhancing the industry overall. Uh, the developer of Genesis Alpha 1, Team 17, says we understand this might be disappointing and, th and this was a tough decision to make, but we believe this will help Genesis Alpha 1 get off to the best possible start. Um, and then we see Kotaku summarize here. For now, some fans aren't taking these announcements incredibly well. Given that Steam has been their one-stop PC gaming shop for years and they've got communities and libraries of hundreds of unplayed sale games there, but sudden change is messy and difficult. Uh, and that's the truth of it. Uh, personally, you heard me talk about this last week. I think that it is, depending on consumers and their largesse, their, their good faith and fair dealing, an awful lot to simply say, hey, developers are getting more over here. This is the fairer storefront come by it over here, even if it means opening up a different window. I think certainly that some of this money from the developer side, primarily because they're the ones that are going to be setting their prices, should be split with consumers. Certainly those developers that say, hey, this is best for the industry overall. Hey, it's really important that we break Steam. Hey, it's really important that we get Steam to move a little bit more towards this 8812 kind of number. I think if that is really the philosophy that is guiding some of these developers, it makes all the sense in the world to cut their prices a little bit uh, on the Epic Game Store so that you can see that difference, so that consumers are drawn to it, so that they're participating in this movement to try to get that percentage better for developers. And at least at the outset, with only four days of information as we sit here today, that hasn't been the case. Uh, Ashen released uh, at $40, which I, I believe was set to be the price over on Steam. The other game prices that we can see so far are exactly comparable to what you would have expected on Steam. I think we need to be looking at something on the neighborhood of $5 to $10 discounts for most medium to, to full-priced games in order to really get people that maybe don't follow the industry as much, that aren't as concerned with 7030 and 8812 and better tech features to come on board. And if this really is as important as the developers say, I think that needs to be a step that needs to be encouraged strongly by Epic, perhaps maybe even going so far as to essentially have such discount prices subsidized by Epic for a period of time. We talked about it last week, but one of the things you see uh, that they are doing uh, right now is that Epic is offering uh, essentially uh, sweeteners, uh, little bits of money that are paid to influencers, YouTube personalities, Switch personalities, if they're playing a game and they recommend it, and that developers in the Epic Game Store can choose that specific amount of money to give uh, to the development folks. Um, and uh, Epic is subsidizing that for a period of time at the start of the store. I think if Epic is really serious about this, one change that I would recommend making from a strategic point of view would be to encourage developers to have a slightly lower price, to have a $12 game instead of a $15 game, just feels a lot more uh, emotionally cathartic for a consumer to look at that and say, hey, that would have been $15, I'm only paying $12 right now, and with the math being what it is, the developer is making the same or more money, um, that everybody's kind of getting a cut of, of this uh, what really could be characterized as an economic movement 
uh, in terms of this industry. And I think that's going to have a better chance of uptake than simply relying on folks to say, hey, developers are getting more money here. You like developers. Why don't you come over here and spend $40 instead of going over there and spending $40? I don't know that that's a winning argument in the long run. It might be for folks like us, for, for anybody that's watching virtual legality, but for the broader general audience, I think you've got to make a better sales pitch. And I think that better sales pitch means dollars and cents. Um, on a uh, ancillary note that may or may not be related to the Epic Game Store, I did want to flag one bonus item here uh, a little bit ago, maybe an hour ago. Uh, Epic removed the Infinity Blade games from the iOS store, from the, the app store for Apple phones uh, and iPads. Uh, and for those of you not familiar, the Infinity Blade games were really kind of uh, some of the original showpieces for the iOS platform. I, I think the original Infinity Blade was actually showcased at one of the um, still Steve Jobs-led uh, press conferences for for the iPhone, and maybe the second iteration of the iPhone, and that was a, a wow moment. That was an Unreal Engine game running at pretty near full fidelity on a phone. Uh, and they went on to make Infinity Blade 2 and Infinity Blade 3, and these were really markers for the advancing technology that were in the iPhones. Uh, and they were all removed without warning uh, tonight. Um, and certainly that is part of, if not directly related to the Epic Game Store, and, and it might be, uh, depending on how they can get their portal working and, and have people download things direct to the phone and still operate in that environment. Um, but at bare minimum, from an economic standpoint, it is a great signal for exactly where Epic's headspace is right now. Fortnite makes 300 million plus a month. Epic Game Store is their big play to take a lot more than that if they can really eat Steam's lunch on this. Uh, and so it doesn't make sense to support an, uh, a series of iOS games that are paying that 30% to Apple for really no kind of technical support other than the content delivery network that is the Apple iOS. And there's no reason for Epic to do that. Whether or not they can get these games back on the iOS in some kind of downloadable form uh, like they've done with Fortnite in different circumstances uh, is still an open question. Uh, but either way, it goes to show you that Epic is looking at bigger and better things than, than iOS games. Uh, and certainly they're very serious about it. And on all fronts. Uh, and if anybody doubts that they're very serious about swordplay in general, well, Fortnite swords are coming soon. Um, with that, that's the end of this virtual legality. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this video, please hit like. Uh, and if you like this channel, we talk a lot about video games. We talk a lot about law. We talk some about Michigan sports. Uh, and so you can either uh, make fun of me for that or pity me for various football uh, results over the past season. Uh, but uh, please do like, subscribe, follow me on Twitter at H-O-E-G-L-A-W. Uh, I talk a lot about those same things. And in real time, I've already tweeted about some of the stuff we've talked about on this episode tonight. Uh, but I'd love to see you there. I'd love to interact with you there. Uh, and thank you so much for watching.